0: Welcome to the Nordic Football Podcast, we are back with episode 7 and coming up on this show we've got a great interview lined up with special guest Jamie Hopkins, the Englishman from Ostersunds. We talk about the latest European qualifiers and look forward to the matches this week. The Eat My Short section returns and we also have a great general chit chat of the Nordic football at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned, settle back, and hope you enjoy the episode, everyone. Hello everyone, Steve we're here, joined by Jonathan for Dugba and this is episode 7 of the Nordic Football Podcast. Um, sorry we didn't have a, an episode last week, but uh, we're back with a bumper edition and we've got a, uh, a superstar guest in show, haven't we, uh, for this uh, pod, uh, John?
1: Yeah, hi everyone, and hi, hi Steve, uh, how's, how's things going with yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm doing alright, you know, ticking along nicely and uh, you know, looking forward to uh, discussing about a, a lot of topics uh, in Nordic Football.
1: Yeah, I'm thrilled for this show. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't, can't wait to get into it, to be honest. Um, really looking forward to the guest. I'm, I'm I'm really happy to present to to the listeners this week. We've got, I think, a bumper guest, one of the best players in, in the Swedish league, uh, Jamie Hopcutt. And uh, yeah, in general, it's good to be back with yourself as well, Steve. So I'm looking forward to, you know, the next hour or so talking about the, the game in uh, Scandinavia.
0: Absolutely. Um, now, in the last episode, we introduced a new section at the start called... Uh, Eat My Shorts, basically each of us has got 20 seconds to make um, a point about um, current topics in our respective leagues up there, Uh, five uh, different points each, and um, I think it went down quite well last time. John, did you enjoy the section?
1: Yeah, it was good, and we had some pretty good feedback uh, from you guys, uh, listeners, so um, yeah, I think it went well, and I think we're going to go into it again this week, aren't we, Steve? We're going to continue with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, say 20 seconds, and then uh, we've got the alarm to stop us if we overrun. So we uh, don't think it happened last time, but uh, knowing myself and knowing you, sometimes maybe it could happen this time. I don't know, John. So we're uh, going. I'll get us underway again, and uh, you count me down, and uh, and I'll have me 20 seconds.
1: Okay, on then. Five points each. Are you ready? Are you set? Let's go.
0: Okay, starting at the top of the table uh, in Norway, Rosenborg. They are uh, five points clear. Uh, they've had a really good week. Um, we'll talk about Europe later, but uh, they're scoring a lot of goals recently. Five points clear. Same old uh, Rosenborg. Um, getting the business done. Bloody hell.
1: Yeah, you can have that one. That was fastly quick there. To Sweden, and the key game of the week, I suppose, was Malmo top of the table, champions against Sirius. Of course, as you would expect, Kingsley Safo in his debut for Malmo playing against his former club, he scored. But Sirius showed their fighting spirit, came back, made it 3-3, final score, title race just about alive.
0: Yeah, the chasing pack, um, unfortunately, they're not really making enough of an inroad uh, to Rosenborg right now. But Sarpsborg, they did grasp an absolute late winner at Bran uh, on... Uh, in the late to Sunday game. So they're the nearest challenges to Rosenborg. Molder drew. Brown have lost two in a row. It's just from me, Rosenborg. Great weekend uh, again.
1: Perfect timing. And yes, yeah, I mean, the second point for me is IFK Göteborg. They are a crisis club now. They are probably our newest crisis club. The manager's under pressure. They were 4-0 down against Orebro at the weekend. 4-0 to Orebro what the hell luckily they managed to come back they narrowed the score down to 4-2 but they've got players on outgoing contracts big businesses in the summer they are really under pressure
0: yeah i saw that 4-0 uh, mate i really want to talk about it later but let's go on with my next point and um at the bottom of the table massive win for Viking. uh ian burknell will be absolutely delighted they beat be odd 2-0 and a huge win also for sand if you had 3-0 against Trumse. Actually, two crisis clubs, um, Trumse and Odd. I'm going to talk about them in a minute, but uh, great wins down at the bottom there, especially for Viking, who uh, were...
1: Nah, you're out of time there. (laughs) Well, over to me. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was all about Samuel Holman this week uh, for Elsborg, a returning hero. The 33-year-old came back. Uh, Elsborg smashed Hammelby with a flurry of goals, early goals. Uh, It was a season high in terms of attendance. To welcome the 33-year-old he played well he got an assist and there was a banner in the stadium saying you know welcome home because they love him
0: yeah Trump they've named their new coach his name is Simo Valakari from uh, Finnish uh, club SJK he actually won the league there with them and the Finnish Cup bit of a uh, unusual uh, sort of managerial sign but they really needed to do something they're in massive crisis second bottom of the league, and uh, they, say they just can't get any points at the mid-trump, sir. So.
1: Point number four, and it's Ostersunds who march on after beating Galatasaray in the Europa League last week, a famous result for the club, who are on the rise. They also beat garden this weekend, 2-1. They're now up to fifth in the table. They're two points off second. Are they potential title contenders? Maybe not, but they really are flying at the moment and, yeah, doing really well.
0: What is going on at odd? They're doing all right in the Europa League qualifiers, but they've only scored 12 goals in 16 games, which is the lowest in the league. They've just sold a uh, creative winger, Zekanini to Fiorentina. Uh, but they're just really struggling for goals. Uh, they the 10th in the table. Is there a bit of a crisis developing at one of the, the big clubs in Norway right now?
1: And finally, I'm an alien. I'm an illegal alien. I'm an Englishman in Eskilstuna. And AFC finally got their first win of the season, unbelievably. And it was Michael Jolly, who's over down in Eskilstuna. They beat Kalmar 2-1 in the big relegation battle. They've given themselves a lifeline now. They're still bottom of the league. But Abdul Razak was flying, and it's Michael Jolly's first win. And that ends Eat My Shorts for this week. 10 points in, well, 20 seconds times 10. So, yeah, that amount of seconds. And... uh <laughs> What do you I, knew the, I
0: knew the clock would do me at some point, and oh, it,
1: right uh, finally, it
0: finally cut me in uh, mid stride just as I was praising Viking's incredible win. So uh, uh,
1: yeah, you restricted to 20 seconds on Viking, so that was a challenge, I suppose, on this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously in <there> a <laughs> club you can talk about quite a lot. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to the next section. We're going to be talking about the Europe teams involved in in European football um, up in in Scandinavia and. Uh, well, actually, it was a fantastic uh, week uh, overall, certainly for the uh, the Norwegian teams. Uh, I guess I'll kick us off with uh, with the Champions League qualifiers. The two big results: uh, Rosenborg drawing one all away at Dundalk, Malmo. They could only draw um, one all at home from the team from Macedonia. Um, well, let's just talk about Malmo for a minute because they're under a bit of pressure in this tie. Um, were you surprised that they they didn't win the first leg, John?
1: Mm, it's a good question. Uh, it's, it's difficult to say, really. I mean, I think I mentioned it when we first talked about Europe on, on the previous point. I think sometimes with big clubs, you know, they, especially teams that dominate their league, they they, they can crew. They go into cruise control a little bit sometimes, and maybe take their eye off the ball or don't, you know, appreciate the level of the Champions League, maybe. But yeah, obviously, it was a massive. Uh, no one expected that to happen against a team like Vardar. Um, You know, so I mean, I don't know if you saw the game at all, or if you if
0: you know much about that game uh, itself. Yeah, I I watched that game actually, and um, I think Marmo had outshot them something like twenty five four. They just couldn't convert their chances, you know. Uh, But I was looking at their actual league results, and it's been a long time since they won a game by by um, by more than a goal, Uh, or there's not been many matches they won by more than a goal this year. So. I don't know whether they get a bit too lazy in in the Archvenskan or not, and they weren't maybe ready for this this challenge, but look, they've got a score in the second leg, uh, and even if they get through that, they've got a tough tie, um, because it looks like it'd be FC Copenhagen afterwards. I mean, right now, you couldn't really see them getting past Copenhagen, could you?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, these are the Swedish league leaders, obviously, and they dominate the league, as we've said. Um, You know, being held to a Macedonian side at home is... Is not what the fans expect, really, is it? Especially when that's one of the main and only targets, to an extent, as many people think the league is a is a given. Um, you know, the centre back Brosson cancelled out the the opening goal. Uh, they actually went one 0 down, Malmo, and uh, you know, Andreas Christensen hit the bar in extra time. Sorry, in added time, time added on. Um, but for a team like Vardar, who have, you know, they've only been in the third qualifying round, I think, once uh, since 2004. So, yeah, it was a, it's a poor result for them and Mammo really need to fix themselves and look sharp on this one because if they crashed out of the Champions League, now they're got they they're away from home and Vardar have an away goal, if they were to crash out, it would be a disaster for the club, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go back to Rosenborg and they got a decent one-all draw away against Dundalk in Ireland. Uh, they were second best on the night, I felt, but it's a good result for them. You would expect them to qualify... Uh, in the second leg um but really their realistically their Champions League adventure will probably end after that cuz they would almost certainly face Celtic which I actually think it's a really good draw for Rosenborg um I didn't see them making um the uh, the Champions League uh, group stages anyway so they might as well draw a big fish now you know um a great tie and then they'll still have a chance uh, you know to make it through uh, to the Europa League uh, group stages um so uh, yeah, um, good, good, good result for for Rosenborg, and they've got a really potentially exciting uh, tie uh, to look forward to after it.
1: Who was that against? Sorry, uh, I missed that.
0: Oh, Dundalk uh, away, the Irish side. How was that? Um, well, it was the first half was pretty uh, open, really. Um, quite a few chances. Uh, Dundalk uh, were quite impressive on the on the counter attack, especially. Uh, second half it was a bit tighter, and Rosenborg actually held out for a draw uh not often you'd see them do that in the league but they seem to have worked on something to try and you know uh, graft out a result which was good to see in that in that form um I would expect them to go through they got an away goal uh, it would be quite embarrassing to get knocked out by uh, um uh, you know a team from Ireland so uh, yeah let's move on to the um uh, the Europa League and the one really big result stood out didn't it um uh, from Sweden from a Swedish point of view and that was Osterson's Hell of a result against Galatasaray.
1: Yeah, it was a fantastic result. One of the you know, one of the games of the season for us. And probably perhaps the biggest game in their history, uh, I, would, I would go as far as to say. And they pulled it off. They managed to beat Galatasaray 2-0. And our guest is going to talk more about that coming up, so I will leave that to, to him. But um, yeah, I mean, going back just very quickly to the Champions League, actually, and, and although we don't cover the league that, in that much detail, it was great to see FC Copenhagen as well came off away with a three-one result um, in Zelina, and they look like they're well placed to go through as well. So it's you know it's looking like a good week for the Nordic sides in the Champions League. Um, they've got a big advantage there to go through. Um, but yeah, Østergørdens it was a fantastic result, and they'll go to Istanbul now with a lot of confidence. And you know, like I say, I don't want to give too much away because we do discuss that coming up uh, in the next section. So uh, were there any other teams that? caught your
0: eye in the Europa League at all Steve yeah well it was a fantastic uh, Europa League night for the Norwegian teams all three of Odd, uh, Horgersund and Brand won Um, in the case of Odd and Brann there was a uh, 1-0 away win which makes it even better. Horgersund were 3-0 up in their tie at home but then conceded two late goals to uh, um, the uh, Polish side um, like Poznan so um, uh, you know, they've, at least they've got an advantage going to the second leg, but, um, you know, conceding two uh, away goals wasn't ideal. But nevertheless, really good uh, night. And uh, there's a massive um, uh, carrot dangling for Brand, because if they get through their tie, they would uh, face Everton, which, I mean, they're unlikely to get past them, aren't they? But, uh, I mean, that is the sort of big tie that, you know, a club like Branwood would really, really enjoy, you know? Uh, really great to see them get that sort of draw. Yeah,
1: and running through some of the other results, Br- uh, Brunby beat VPS two 0 so they're well placed. Uh, HJK Helsinki lost at Skandija, I believe. I'm not sure about my pronunciation there, but they lost three one, so it's looking tough for them uh, up in up in up in the finish area. Um, yeah, obviously we talked about Osterson already, Haugesund, Lech. and yeah, who else? ARK. Norshipping
0: yeah, as well. K drew 0-0 away against a Bosnian team, I do believe. Um, and if they uh, get through, they would play Braga in the next round, which that is a pretty tough match, isn't it? Um, interesting, the winner of the HJK tie would potentially face Norshipping. Norshipping won 2-1 in their first leg. Um, so that would be interesting, wouldn't it? A Sweden against Finland. Um, if yeah,
1: that happened. very much so. Um, Norshipping are having some problems at the moment, to be honest. They haven't been great uh, in the league now. I think they've lost three straight uh, and they've really fallen away from from looking like challenging before the, before the break. But they got a 2-1 result, 2-1 win in that game. So, you know, there's an away goal for Trakai. Uh, and, you know, they can't take their eye off the ball as they, as they travel out there. But um, you'd like to think they could maybe make it, make it through.
0: I think there's a really good chance that all of the, the, the teams, certainly from Norway and Sweden, um can, can can qualify for their next rounds Um as they a number of them would have really tough matches after that and even if they got through that they're still the final qualifying round to get past um you know so but yeah a good week really for um for the for, for the size that we cover in europe which is good to see um i really i think we said on a couple of pods ago it would be nice um certainly if at least one or two teams had a long run in europe this year that we can we can cover um wouldn't you say yeah, definitely, and I think you know we
1: are also extending to the to the other Nordic teams in this in this you know when we look at this. Although we are, uh, although our main focus is Norway and Sweden, um, you know the teams like Micheland, for example, in Denmark, they they got a four two win at Ferencvaros uh, from Hungary, so they're looking good. Uh, you've also got, uh, Lingby, I believe, who won one 0 at Slovak and Bratislava. So, like you say, Steve, there's a lot of uh, teams in the Nordic region who could who are well placed and. You know, I haven't quite seen the draw yet, but you know, some of these teams, if they do get through, uh, we're going to have a few derbies, a few sort of local rivalries, and also some massive games, like you've said, teams like Everton. And-
0: yeah, I mean, I think the simple fact is, for mo- for those listening, literally nearly all the teams, as long as they avoid defeat in the second leg, they will definitely go through, uh, with the exception of someone like uh, A I K, who obviously uh, were nil nil in the first leg, and uh, Malmo and uh, Rosenborg, but literally avoid defeat, and um, in the second legs and it's looking good for, for the teams from uh, Norway and Sweden and um, so yeah it's going to be um, interesting to watch that
1: Okay so that's really interesting to focus on we've looked at the Europa League and the Champions League games coming up this week uh, we're now absolutely thrilled to bring you a guest we're moving on to the next section of the show and I am absolutely thrilled to be able to present to you this week's special guest which is Jamie Hopcut from Ostersunds uh, the Englishman in Ostersunds Jamie how are things?
2: Uh, Good. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, um, obviously it's been a, a great week with two two wins, one in Europe and one in uh, the week. So yeah, uh, life's good
1: right now. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, how was uh, we, we? I think the best place to start would probably be the Galatasaray game. Uh, it must be a real career highlight for you. You know, how, how are you coming down from that? I mean, it was only last week. How how are you feeling after that game? You must be you must be on cloud nine. Yeah, definitely. You know. It was, uh,
2: game for the club and me personally and when the, when the draw got made we were so excited and then finally when the game comes obviously I was starting on the bench at first but I knew uh, that I'd get, get some game time and I could make a big impact and luckily the dream scenario game, and uh, I managed to score probably the best score of my career against one of the top teams in the world so yeah it's uh, like you say, I'm on card nine, and uh, but now the Rolex coming up, so I need to refocus and hopefully try and do
1: it again. That'd be nice. Yeah, I mean, it was a really good goal for anyone who's not seen it. I think you can find it on YouTube. You know, you, you showed some silky skills there, and obviously finished it off. What's the the mood in the camp been like since that game? I mean, it's been such a remarkable rise at Ostersons, which we'll talk about in a minute. But you know, in general, at the moment, you, you know, you must be buzzing at the moment. What's the sort of mood in the camp like?
2: Yeah, uh, the team spirit is great, you know, we've got a really strong group and uh, everyone's in a great mood and after a win like that, you know, and no one expects it, it just shoots your confidence and team are up, so we're really a tight-knit group and we're looking to finish the job off and move to the next round and that'll just push us on even more and I think... As a team, we believe we can do big things this
1: year, definitely. Yeah, I can imagine. And yeah, I mean, for those who don't know, Östersunds are kind of pushing high in the league at the moment and, and, and won the Swedish Cup recently. So, I mean, Jamie, we, you know, we uh, saw you obviously when the draw was made for the for that game. Um, you were tweeting that you were really looking forward to playing against the likes of Wesley Schneider. You know, you must have been, been thrilled to play against such a big game and you must be looking forward to the second leg as well, going to Istanbul and playing in such a massive stadium, you know, such a heated game.
2: Definitely, you know, as a as a football player, that's all all you dream about is playing in these big arenas around the world, and we're going to one of them, you know, in Istanbul. Great teams have played there, and I'm used to seeing it on TV in the in the Champions League. So to go there and uh, with a two-nil lead, especially, and having the chance to go through, uh, it's amazing, and I'm going to enjoy every minute it's going to be a hostile atmosphere but uh, these things can make you grow as a player and uh, if you want to play at the highest level you need to get used to these atmospheres so I'm really looking forward to
1: it yeah. Yeah of course I mean football fans in general remember the, the famous uh, Welcome to Hell banner that Galatasaray fans held up against um, Manchester United in the 90s so yeah I, I'm sure you'll expect a heated atmosphere for that one for sure. Yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: seen obviously YouTube clips of it and it's it's an amazing stadium and their fans really get behind them so we'll have to put in an amazing performance
1: to go through but I, I believe and I think all the players believe that we can definitely do it. Would you say that, I mean, it, it, would you say it's the, probably perhaps the biggest game of your career, this game coming up and, and also in general, um, you know, has it really sunk in that you're playing kind of Europa League football? I know it was a home game, so maybe, you know, was there a moment that kind of it sunk in for you? And, and also, would you say this is the best, biggest game of your career coming up? Uh,
2: yeah, I'd definitely say it's the biggest game of my career, you know, playing Europa League against Galatasaray. But I think, obviously, at home, you know, it, it was kind of... You just take it as any other game. But I think as soon as we get to the arena on... Thursday night for the way leg, I think they know sinking. You know, that that I'm in such a big team and a big occasion. I think then that's when you really realize how big it is. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's massive. And I really wish you the best of luck for it. You know, we'll all be following you and cheering you on, obviously, as an yeah. English uh, Swedish pod pod uh, focus. So, good luck with it. But, um, oh, geez, I appreciate that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you know, we're looking at your your background in Korea and career, and for you to be out in Sweden playing in, in the Europa League is such a fantastic achievement. Um, looking at the you know, the teams you've played for in the past, you know, you, you, you came through at York City, um, I believe you're at Whitby Town, and Stokesley, and Osset Town, Tadcaster Albion, sort of playing in non league. If you could tell us a bit about your journey in general for the for the listeners, maybe you aren't so familiar with you, and you know, it's really an incredible rise, really, to where you are at the moment. Um, did you ever think that Europa League was on the horizon when you were sort of playing a trade in non-league?
2: Uh, truthfully, no. But uh, obviously, I'll tell you how it started. Obviously, I was at York for ten years, going through the under right up until the first team. But and then, as people know, it's it's not easy when you're in the conference and managers are under pressure themselves, so they don't want to take a risk with a kid and. Uh, so unfortunately I got released, but looking back now, I'm thankful it happened because I might not have been here. So, and then, when I played, obviously I played at a few clubs when I was at York alone to try and get a few game experiences. That's uh, how that come about. And then once I was released, I, I played a little bit for Hossett Town. but and then I wasn't really enjoying myself. So, yeah.
1: Uh, I had a few exit trials you know from the when you get released as a pro sure so, so i did that and i
2: managed to get a trial uh, at brentford and i played i played there for a week and I, I did well but uh you had people from porto and chelsea so they look at yeah cv and they're gonna take the guy from chelsea that's how it is but and then i had a few friends playing for tadcaster uh, from my youth team days in York and I just thought I'd go there for three months and join myself again and that's what I did and then one day I, I looked at my emails on my phone and there was a, a trial there at Ostersund and uh, I right at the bottom of the page it said manager Graham Potter, and manager when I was 13 in, at York City so I thought you know what, I'll give it one last chance and, and the trial day went well I scored three goals and. The next day, I was uh, meeting him to move out to Sweden for three months, and yeah,
1: the rest is history, I suppose. It's fantastic. I mean, so it's almost like the email that changed your life to an extent. I mean, was it was it a trial in Sweden, or was it you had? A, did Graham call you up for a trial and send sort of fly you out there, or how did the you know, try to uh, No, it was actually in Warwick, in, in just outside of Birmingham,
2: I think. So, uh, I think there was twenty-two players that. Obviously, I think he got quite a lot of emails and then he narrowed it down to 22 and it was an 11 v 11 game and I was the only one he picked to go out. And then I think about six months down the line, three more players from that game came out, but uh, they didn't manage to get anything. So I think it was only me
1: that ended up getting anything from it fascinating stuff I mean so you know you you said you'd known Graham before uh, was that a big influence on, on your decision to go out there or were you, you fancied playing abroad or was that an ambition of uh, yours or was it purely because Graham? If,
2: yeah if I'm being honest it was purely because I knew the manager you know I was only 19 and when I out abroad it didn't really uh, cross my mind to do it because it's quite scary you know mm. so I think if it wasn't Graham, knowing him as a manager, maybe I
1: wouldn't
2: have done it,
1: but luckily it was, yeah. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I mean, obviously, Graham Potter is very well known, becoming more and more well known in England, like yourself now, because of the exploits. Yeah. Um, you know, Ustersunds, for those who don't know, have flown through the league in the last few years, and you, you've been part of that. You know, you joined the club in, in 2012, I believe. So you've really been there from yeah. the beginning. Um, tell us a bit about the journey from from where you were then to where you are now, and, you know, how it's progressed. Uh, On and off the pitch. Uh,
2: Obviously, I came. I came in Division One, and we just got. uh, I think Grange just got his first promotion from Division Two to Division One, and then when I arrived, we had had a lot of different nationalities in the team. Uh, And at first, obviously, the Swedes, the Swedish, didn't really like that because they wanted their Swedish players from the town and that to be playing instead, but. Graham had his own way and then slowly we started to, you know, build a reputation. And In Division 1 we started to win a lot of games and the players were doing really well and then it came down to the last game of the season, uh, to a top team and win. and We managed to win 1-0 and that was really the start. It was an amazing, amazing feat and then I'll never forget it. And, uh, and that was where really, we went into the second highest division in Sweden. And then we kind of established ourselves for a couple of years in that league, and then the third, I think the second, we moved a player on to the Premier League for our team. Uh, and then the third, the third year in the second league, we we managed to we managed to just really do well. And personally, for me, it went it went amazing. I managed to get fifteen goals, and uh, we managed to get promotion and. I've never, never done in, in the history of the club, you know, to be played top league. It was an amazing, everyone around the, the town, it was crazy feeling and then, and it's just, the chairman's really ambitious and he's never stopped pushing us and we've never, we've always improved as a team, as a club and I think that's shown and I think we're making big statements now and obviously this year we won the Swedish Cup so, just seems to be getting bigger and bigger, and now we're competing in Europe, which is which was the ultimate goal in the end, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's an unbelievable achievement. You know, you've flown through the leagues, and yeah, there's been a lot of stories about your chairman and, and Graham, which we'll come onto in a second. I just want to focus on on you, yeah. you for a second. Um, yeah. You know, because you're quite a versatile player yourself. I mean, for the for the people who might not know so much about you, I mean, you, you've played in sort of central midfield, attacking midfield. You've played on 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 the left left hand side, I believe, as well, and even on the right hand side yeah. at times. Um, what would you say is your actually preferred position? Because, I mean, even at times you played up front, I believe, um, you know, do you have a preferred yeah. position? You know, you're a bit of a goal scorer, you, you create assists. What, what would you say is your favourite position, and which ones are you more comfortable in, you know, if you see what I mean?
2: Well, obviously, like you said, I've, 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 I I've was playing centre mid when I, I was playing like right wing back and then centre mid the first year I came, but then gradually as time's gone on, uh, I've moved into like a number ten role and then we haven't really played a big striker a lot of the time I've been here, so I've I've been used as like a, a false nine and it's been working. And then uh but I say anywhere a number ten or if we're playing the front three, no problem for me. So uh number ten is probably my favourite position, I think.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean you, the, the thing with with Graham as well is he's quite tactically quite tactically versatile, isn't it? Sometimes it's really hard to predict his lineups. I mean, what for for you as a player, what's it like, kind of um, being in a, in a club like that? Is does he ask a lot of you guys tactically, and and how have you found that kind of side of things coming from, you know, for example, non league and that, and and developing the tactical tactical side of the game, playing different positions. Uh,
2: yeah, I think uh, each year he's he's improved tactically, and we do so much work. Uh, like, on, on the team we're playing and we're, we're doing a lot of video meetings and then he, he obviously plays a different way to uh, how normal Swedish teams play but I think a lot of the teams are starting to play three at the back which, when I first come everyone used to complain, why is he playing free at the back and, and now I think a lot of the people in Sweden are seeing that it's a great formation and it actually works, so... Uh, it definitely improves you tactically because uh, that's a big thing in the game so i'm happy that he's big on that side Mm. of the game and uh, obviously on the plane not a lot of positions i think that can only help you as a player and that means if the manager needs to call on you in an emergency situation you can go in there and you know what you're doing so
1: it has it been difficult for you to kind of adapt to playing like you said right wing back for example have you has it been easy for you to learn it, or you know, how have you found it yourself? Uh, I, I, I played right wing back in my first year, and it was okay. But if I'm being honest,
2: I didn't really enjoy that position because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> defence, defending, is not really my strong side. So uh, I'm glad I moved into more attacking at number ten role, because I think that suits
1: me the best. So yeah. Do you, do you set yourself goals like every every season? Because I mean, you you know, looking through your record, you you know, you hit fifteen goals in the Super Retin, um, You know, you're up to five yeah. this season now already, um, and not in not, not that many games as well. Cause, you know, because you you were had injuries yeah. at the beginning of the season. Do you set yourself targets, and are you more looking at yourself for goals or assists? What do you kind of look at when you uh, when the season begins? Get double figures. That's like every
2: year. I think I, I believe in myself to get double figures and. Uh, I'm halfway there at the moment. We've not many games played, so as soon as I start playing uh, more games, which I'm doing now, I think I'll definitely be able to achieve that. And assist is a big part as well. I like to create for my teammates. So
1: yeah, yeah, you're flying at the moment. I mean, there's been a lot of interest in you at the moment as well. I mean, you know. Reports in England have started to come out saying that teams have been looking at you and that kind of thing. Do you, you know what? What? Obviously, winning the Swedish Cup was massive for you. Um, and you know, can maybe tell us a little bit about that as well. But are you, have you, have you started to think about you know the future at all? Are you completely settled there? Are you um, do you ever have an ambition to come back to England? Do you think, or is it kind of uh, are you is Sweden the, the the life you're loving right now? Uh, obviously,
2: uh, the the rumors and stuff is you never know what's true, but it's, it's nice to hear them kind of things said about you in in the newspapers and stuff and obviously I'm happy playing for this team and we're on a great journey in Europe and challenging for the league but uh, I do have ambitions and I'm from England and to, to play a Premier League or a big championship club one day would would be nice for me and uh, I would, I'd definitely not rule it out and uh, to see what
1: happens, really. Yeah, yeah. That's no, it's good to hear that there's interest in you, and it's good that you know the the system kind of is recognizing you and the, the things you've done because you've really been you know under the radar really, but you've been doing really well since you moved out there. Um, I wanted to just touch on the, the Swedish Cup win if if we could, and you know talk yeah. about that because obviously that's your your first major on a, uh, at the top level. Um, if you could just maybe talk about a little bit about that because you beat Nor Shopping in the final, um, and you know and it was a fantastic run, obviously. You've already won, you know, titles in, in the lower leagues and things like that com- promotions. But what was that day particularly like for you and the club?
2: Uh yeah, it was it was an amazing amazing day, you know. Uh Ossund we've never really won anything and to win a major honor in, in Sweden was, was huge for us and we we that's what we was missing the qualification to the Europe. So to do that through winning winning a cup was uh it was just a men's feeling and I think we managed to, during that pre-season and through the cup run, I think we won 10 games on the bounce, so it was, we were really on top form and to beat such a strong team in the final 4-1 was incredible and uh, I think it was one of the best days the club has had in their history and hopefully we can add more trophies because. Uh, it's an amazing feeling when you do,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm coming coming up to the final few questions now. So thanks a lot, Jamie. I really appreciate your time. Um, oh, you know, l- looking at kind of, you know, you, you mentioned the cup there and, you know, looking to push for, t- for trophies. I mean, Ostersunds are doing really well this season. I know that Malmo are, are kind of the established champions and it's hard to, to break them down, but does the club in general, I know you said the mani- the chairman's ambitious as well. Do you Do you look at the kind of Malmo and think, you know, perhaps one day, you know, there's not too many big, Contenders around them, No shopping, maybe a few others. But do you ever look at your, at Malmo and think to yourself that maybe you know, you know, seasons to come, our could challenge them? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think you know,
2: we're really ambitious, and I know that's what the chairman wants to do. And uh, like, even just gaining experience in Europe is going to help us the team And I think if anyone follows the Swedish league closely, I think we'd be a lot closer to Malmo if, obviously, we've let slip us. Few late wins, uh, conceding late goals. So I think if, if we can just push up that side of the game, I think we'd definitely be up there. But I think most games that we play now in the league, we're, we're really confident that we can win every game. So uh, I definitely think we can do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of your games th- this season, and you, like you say, you know, it's been late goals. Or But in terms of the style of football you play, it's, it's definitely one of the most more entertaining styles of football in Sweden and you know with not really that many challenges you know it does seem like us as a good good challenge so thank you for answering that one um yeah Yeah. final food questions like I said I mean away from football you know you're an English lad um you know you come from New York I believe so what's it like for someone like yourself moving to out to Sweden what's the style of life like there? you know food is there. Is there a particular food that you've taken taken a shine to, or you know, what's their lifestyle like just in general? If you could talk us through that kind of surface?
2: Uh, well, where I'm living in Sweden at the moment, it's, it's a little uh, little town in uh, the north of Sweden. So it's I think the is around thousand So wow. it's a third smaller than York, but I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's it's an amazing place to live, and everyone's so friendly. So that really helps, and yeah, it's, it's a beautiful country to live in, and uh, I'm really happy that I'm, I'm I'm lucky enough to work here and enjoy my football. And uh, away from football, I can just relax and enjoy time with uh, my teammates or my fiance. Yeah,
1: that's quality. Yeah, and uh, the final question I have for you really is um, touching on Graham Potter and obviously the email that kind of changed changed your life. Um, what would you say about him? You know. Could you tell us a little about him? Because you know we've read stories that, for example, he makes you guys put on things like plays, and and um, you know has all kinds of ideas for squad squad harmony. What's he been like to work with? And you know, do, do you guys speak English in the changing room? Does, do you both have a bit of Swedish uh, knowledge now? Um, and generally, you know, what's he been like to work with? If you could, if you have any examples, maybe of um, particular things he's done that that have really had an impact you, you for you personally or or the club in general.
2: Uh... Yeah, I think obviously as a manager is he's, uh, he's really uh, been amazing for me. Obviously he's he's given me all the chances I needed and he's been he's put all his trust in me and so on that side it's he's, he's been really great and I think if you look around other players in in the team that have been here, they'll all say the same thing, how how good of a manager he is and He improves you as a player and uh, as a person as well, which is important. He really cares about the person uh, and not just as a football player. So he wants you to grow as a person. He cares about people, which is sometimes (laughs) managers just want wins. They don't really care about uh, the player on the outside of football. But, yeah, he's really good and... Like you say, we do. We do crazy culture projects to bring the team together, which uh, is very rare in football. But it's, it's a good life, and uh, I think it's definitely helped us along the way. And we uh, we talk. We all talk English around the club, which is for me obviously is nice. But uh, the Swedish guys are really good, and they they all their English is perfect. So uh and I, mean, I think Graham is better than me at Swedish but we understand a little bit which is good <laughs> so yeah.
1: yeah I think ta- taxamica is about as uh, much as I've I've got in week for <laughs> <but>, uh. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's it's obviously it's a difficult one on the language side but I'm understanding more and Hopefully one day I'll be able to
1: speak it. That'd be that'd be nice. Quality stuff. And um, yeah, I, what what play, what role did you were you in the play? And was that the most random thing he you said you do? Or what 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 role uh, were you? in?
2: The- well, that was the first project we did, uh, like a theatre play, and I had to we had to do uh, Gangnam Style me and two other players, wow. which was <laughs> very very nerve wracking. But because uh, we had a Korean player one time, so actually <laughs> he took the lead role and me and my friend was supporting that so <laughs> and then we just did like uh so in the play it was we do like a changing room role where he comes in and he shouts at us after losing the game it was just a bit of banter, really mm. and then after that we've done a we've done a painting project we've done a dancing project we also made a, a book where each player had to write a par- like a page of their story, which was quite cool. So, we've done lots of things, and I think the latest one that we did was the, the it was a bit of a singing one. So, yeah, wow,
1: crazy! Yeah, some interesting stuff. Yeah, no, I don't know if there's any uh, YouTube videos of you doing gangnam style going around, but um. That would be an interesting to, one to watch for sure. But no, thanks very much, Jamie. Uh, we really appreciate your time on the Nordic Football Podcast. And um, we're really supporting you in, in what you're doing at the moment. And, and good luck with it. And we'll be watching you for the rest of the season, seeing, seeing where things go. And hopefully, um, you know, you, you realise all your ambitions. Thank
2: you. Thank you for the chat. And uh, hope your podcast's going well. And uh, hopefully, speak to you soon.
1: Yeah, possibly. You know, hopefully, maybe get you on the show again, and maybe at some point. But yeah, no, I really appreciate your time, Jamie. Um, oh, it's not a at thank, all. Thanks very much for that. Nice to help a fellow Englishman out. For sure, yeah, for, sure for sure. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to come come down to Austin sometime and, and watch you play for, for real. But you know, yeah, thank, that, sound, that sounds great. Yeah. But thanks a lot, Jamie. Take care. All right, take care. So, bye bye. Welcome to section two of the Nordic football podcast, episode seven. And uh, the podcasts are taking long now and um that was a really, really th- Good interview i thought what do you what do you think of it
0: uh steve i, I think it was really insightful to, to hear of someone um you know who's living out there in sweden and who's actually gone through um their whole journey you know um from that lower level uh to, to where they are now um, you know 2 up against galatasaray in this europa league tie i mean fantastic to, to hear from from jamie um i think um he sounds like a really great guy actually and um You know, the really, I mean, I think the thing that stood out for me was the uh, really interesting things that Graham Potter has has got the squad to do, you know, like the plays uh, and things like that. Um, And and the team bonding exercises, which is, I mean, I've got to say, my initial impression was that that is bloody wacky, you know. (laughs) I've got to say, you know, I mean, making the players do a play is really strange. It's... uh, Funny enough, I nearly ended up in a play, you know, uh, the other year. Um, there's a, a play group round my way and they've banged on years and years to try to get me involved in the Christmas panto and that, but I keep refusing them. But uh, yeah, it's it um, was a great um, great interview, I thought, and, and thanks very much for Jamie for coming on and, and giving us a, an insight into that club.
1: Um, but yeah, no, one of the things I really, really enjoyed was um, just hearing someone's journey going from non League you know, someone. you know, Jamie's played for Osset Town and had Cast Albion. You know, these teams are non-league. And for him to kind of progress and go through and push through and keep, keep persevering, you know, despite any setbacks and kind of keeping the belief. And then, you know, you get the rewards for that hard work, don't you, in the end with the perseverance to be playing teams like Galatasaray. You know, I think it's a dream. And it was really nice of Jamie to come on the show and, and give, uh, give me and give us his, opinion, his, his opinions on how he's done that. And, um, yeah, really good of him to give us his time. And you know we hope to be able to bring more big guests in the future. But yeah, great stuff, Jamie. I, I really enjoyed that, and thanks for thanks for taking part in it. And I hope the listeners enjoy it too. Don't forget, you can follow us uh, on Twitter uh, at Nordic Foot Pod. Football Pod is it? At Nordic Foot Pod. Yeah, and uh, also Facebook. We have now a Facebook page which is Nordic Football Podcast. Um, you can check that up if you're on the on the Facebook. And yeah, I think we're going to move on now to a new section, aren't we, Steve?
0: yeah um I think um, you know we are um, running a little bit uh, short on time this week. We can't really go into focus uh, yet on like individual specific teams or, or players. So just kind of have a bit of a uh, bit of fun at the end here, I think, and um, sort of a general uh, general chat section, John.
1: Yeah, that's right. we've We've decided this week that you know we'd like to mix things up a bit if we can, and uh, we're not going to do a team in focus this week or a match analysis. So we will have that coming up again um, in the next show. I believe, but we are going to actually entertain a bit more of a light-hearted discussion now between myself and Steve. We're going to take some questions uh, from any, any 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 followers who have thrown them in, and we're going to have a bit of a kind of a pub pub chat, really, about the season because we have now hit the halfway point in Sweden, and we're just over the halfway point in, in the season in, in Norway. So we're going to have a little bit of a chit-chat about the season in general. It's, yeah, just, just riff with each other. And I'm going to start you off, Steve, by asking you for your general impressions of the season today in Norway. How are you finding it? Are you, are you enjoying it? Has it been going well? And maybe who are a couple of the players who have really stood out for you in the team, maybe?
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, good questions there. I think going into the season, um, everyone was expecting a Rosenborg cakewalk. And write, they are five points clear at the moment. There was a time, probably about three or four weeks ago, I, was, I really was getting very excited. That it could be a genuine three way title battle i'm not- but i don't believe that anymore I think that reasonable will run away with it um you know that they're winning matches three nil um you know just two days after playing a champions league qualifying match for goodness sake so, which is um yeah that's worrying for the rest of the league but i mean, i have, i've enjoyed it to a degree i think um I would like to see more goals. Um you know I had that moan didn't I in the last podcast that needed more goals and actually There was around last the last, the previous round there was more goals but it seems in general there's a more defensive teams this year which I kind of expected anyway. Um in terms of players that have that have stood out um you know I think I mentioned Sigurd Rosted as a defend from a defensive point of view. Um Really rate him. i tell you, someone who really has caught my eye recently is Babakassar at uh, Mulder, uh, defensive midfielder by trade, but he's been playing uh, in the back line a bit as well. Um, Centre back, real, really hard man to get past, uh, makes some great interceptions. His position's always good, and he's the engine of the team. So I think Babakassar's impressed me. And also, up front for Mulder, Bjorn uh, Sigurdarsen's uh, turned into a pretty uh, lethal striker, although he did miss pretty much a half open goal at um, uh, the weekend so yeah just a few general impressions uh, there John really
1: Well I'm going to throw one at you now randomly uh, but there's a, there's a player I was actually watching Brand Sartreport yesterday uh, at the weekend and I'm going to throw a name at you that I would like to get your opinion on and the name is Vito Vito Warngo. Uh what can you tell me about him, do you rate him in general? because he made an unbelievable challenge at the weekend uh, it was one of the best tackles I've seen in a long while um, flew in for a last-ditch sort of tackle and I was watching that and I was immediately perked up. The game itself wasn't much but that one moment sort of made me sit up. Um, is, he, is he a player you've had your eye on this season? And maybe, let's say five players below the Rosenborg top level that you might uh, highlight to the listeners.
0: Mm, yeah, Vermgore, interesting player. He, he, he came to the league uh, midway through last season actually at Arlesund. Um, and he turned Arsenal into, from a defensive disaster into uh, a, a, quite a winning machine, actually. Um, and Bran snapped him up at the start of the season. He's a beast. I think you, that's how you described him, didn't you, um, in our chat on, uh, on Monday night? And, um, yeah, he's a beast of a defender. Really powerful physical bloke. Um, you know, and mentally strong too. He seems to drive the team on. Someone I really rate uh, quite a lot. Um, and if you're after some players under the radar i suppose um you, you could um look at that brand team really i know they've lost their last two but someone like uh frederick haugen yes he's the leading assist taker but i don't think he gets the credit he maybe deserves um you know um compared to some of the bigger stars in, in the league um i'm gonna say eric anderson at strums good sir they've not done An awful lot this year but he's been a real shining light brilliant from set pieces he scored a few goals as well if he hadn't been in the team they could genuinely be in the relegation zone right now um and and having a disaster of a time um i like to mention goalkeepers i used to be a goalkeeper back in my playing days a long time ago um and i think tangerland at Songdao, um not so much recently but there was a time he was really so important keeping clean sheets for them um so yeah i mean there's a few t- dodgy keepers in the league but he, he he's not one of them um and then you know let's go for for someone a bit older um and um brand again let's let's talk about daniel bratton um you know i think um we did mention him briefly a few pods ago but he's been injured recently and you can really tell the difference in the in the in the brand team um, they're, not, they're nowhere near as, as dangerous going forwards without him so yeah just a few players there that may be under the radar that um, uh, people might not consider yeah I do
1: like Daniel Bratton yeah.
0: now I've got a couple of questions for you actually about the uh, the alshvenskin and uh, I think the first one right now if uh, think of yourself imagine yourself as uh, Lord Sugar right now um, and uh, I'm sure you've watched The Apprentice before if you could fire a manager in the league right now, who would it be and why?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, when we had this idea, actually, I, I had a feeling in my mind, right, Steve's going to try and sort of stiff me up here. And lo and behold, question one, put me on the spot. So yeah, good question there. Uh, let me have a little think. If I could fire one manager. <laughs> <It> maybe <laughs> like blow- I almost feel like you've loaded this question, to be honest. Maybe
0: they're all performing well,
1: but so, someone like has loaded. to
0: go.
1: <laughs> I feel like you've loaded it. Uh, and I, I, I know the answer that you're, you're looking for. But um, I think I'm going to have to walk into it, to be honest. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to walk into this one. Um, and I'm—ordinarily, Ordinarily, I would, I would dodge the bullet on this. And I would say, I'm, you know, I would maybe sit on the fence. And I do think, to an extent, I don't like to kind of pick on managers because I do feel they do a very hard job. I don't like to kind of overly criticize people because at the end of the day, if I was the manager of a team, you know, I might be doing even worse. So I do like to empathize with managers. But uh, I think if one was an Alan Sugar type, so I'm not saying myself, but I think Jorgen <laughs> Lennartsen of IFK Jotoburg is under a lot of pressure at the moment. Um, I think he's a really nice man. I think he's a good guy. Um, uh, you know, I know I, I sort of have met him. And I have sympathised with him, and I think he's got a great track record in general with the Swedish youth teams. And I think he's a good manager, but at the moment, there's just every time I watch the Corps at the moment, they the game ends to a chorus of boos. I mean, you know, are they singing boo, boo, earns or boo? As the Simpsons line goes, and every week it seems to end with boo. So um, <clears throat> they are they are struggling, you know, in a four nil defeat to Örebro, Uh Well, four nil down, um, even though they came they came back to four two, but to be four 0 down to one of the you know one of the poorer teams in the league who hasn't you know they don't score that many goals in general or uh you know they've scored 19 all season so for them to score 4 in one half is is unbelievable stuff to be honest
0: it's shocking isn't it, it really, i mean i saw that 4-0 at half time i literally could not believe my eyes mate you know
1: yeah i mean i of course a team in crisis i think it's getting harder and harder to um ignore that and perhaps that's one we'll say for another pod uh, uh, maybe but um yeah Jorgens. He's under he is under a lot of pressure right now. The thing is, he's he's in a contract situation where there's been constant rumblings all season about whether the, the club will renew his his deal, um, and that has been a bit unsettling. I think I don't think that's helped him. I also think it hasn't helped him the fact that the club has several players on outgoing contracts, uh, key players. Mads Zolbach is off to the Bundesliga Spy now with Kaiser Slauten. There's talk today of the captain Matthias uh, Bielsma uh, going off to a club now for three hundred thousand euros. So. You know, every week there's a new player link moving. They've got players like Bjordal and uh, Mix Discarud who are on loan. You know, the club, the the whole squad really is in a, You know, Abdul Razak has just left, and he apparently was man of the match against uh, Kalmar for AFC. He's gone back to his former club on loan. Um, really didn't settle well at all, and really had a bit of a rough time of it, to be honest. So, the whole squad really is in in a general state of crisis. And he would be the
0: manager you fired right now if you had to fire one.
1: Yeah, if you're putting me on the spot, I mean, I, like I say, I, I would sit on the fence. I'm not an Alan Sugar. But um, if Alan Sugar walked into this room and told me, yes, he's going to fire one, I mean, I think Alan Sugar would probably look at him as, and, as, as nice. one of them, yeah.
0: Now, you, we've talked about the top scorer in the Elite Assyrian recently, Owe Omoe Wanfa. I'm going to talk about the the top scorer in the Al-Svenskan, Magnus Eriksson of Jorgan, And I look at this guy, he has a bit of an interesting history um um obviously uh, once commanded a fee of uh one and a half million uh pounds to uh, to china he's back in the league now and uh, would you say it's been a bit of a rebound for him this 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 season john
1: yeah he's doing really well it's, it's quite funny that he's top scored to be honest he, he doesn't he don't well i mean he's playing in the field uh so you don't always associate midfielders with, with being top scorer, but he does he does get into attacking positions and he's a very versatile player. <clears throat> he can play out front, uh he can play the right mid, which is where he's played a large amount of games this season, A mid as well. Um so he is a versatile kind of guy and he is a you know a bit of a goal scorer. He takes penalties as well so, you know, he's racked up a few pens. Um and he also get, he gets assists as well. You know, he's got a, a good number of assists this season, five assists I believe. So he's top top scorer and second top assist provider in the league. So, he's yeah, I mean, to answer your question in the short form, he's fly. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I, I forgot to actually mention the assists. He's, he's you know, it, we, I don't think we've hardly mentioned him on any, any of the podcasts, but, um, you know, he, he, statistically, he's, he's someone that's absolutely yeah, flying right now. So, um, and do you think um, he can continue this form for the rest of the season?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Your gardener are a, f- a funny, funny club at the moment because obviously they've got Gustav Ingwell as well, who's, who's doing well. He's, I think second top scoring in Seven league. Yeah, Yeah, so but then the 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 sort of um the twist in it is that they they you know they they do score a lot of goals at but they don't they come in they come in bursts I I I tend to think you know they they sort of batter teams uh, you know they 4 1 against Kalmar and a few others that they sort of battered along the way. Um but then there's games where they struggle to score in particular the Derbies. Uh so you know they put your below 4 0 in May so, yeah, but then when it comes to the big games, the games the fans really, really want to win, which is the, the, the derbies against ARK and Hammerby and the likes. You know, the, the curse goes on. So they're a funny club, going to be honest, in that in that sense. And, and, you know, they've got 27 goals this season, but they're still seventh. So it's been a bit of a, bit of a strange one, really. I mean, nearly double the amount of goals of ARK, but they're, they're still four points behind them. Uh, who, you know, so that's interesting. But, yeah, let's look at the Norwegian League. And I'm going to throw this one back to you now. Mm. Um, you know i'm in the back of my mind i'm thinking how what kind of question can i think now to kind of stitch stitch steve up to be honest because uh you know you've put me on the spot on that one but um let's talk about your man who you famously had a few words for owie he's a uh, top scorer in Norway, 12 goals now <laughs> would you like to review your comments I, had a feeling,
0: I, had a, I honestly i had a feeling you would uh Mentioning because since uh, I've criticised him, he has been scoring goals.
1: This is your last chance, Steve, to uh, take take any words back from the pod if if no one's listened to it. No, no, no,
0: it? no, no. Look, he, the, the match against Bran, he scored a goal, and it was completely goalkeeper error. And and he had two or three massive chances in that game that he should have converted, and, and that pretty much backs up what I said about him. You know, he he don't get me wrong, he's, he's quite capable of scoring some good goals, and he has done. But he still misses too many big chances. In my personal opinion, and um, you know, it's um, I, I wasn't completely negative about him anyway. In in, in the um, in, in the podcast that uh, I uh, highlighted him in,
1: no, you weren't. I'm I'm, I'm, not, I'm only joking. Really, to be honest.
0: But he look fair play with me. He's come out and he does have his knack of scoring goals. And uh, what a great time to, for Starbeck because um, it's obviously put adding a few quid onto his value and. Um, I guess this time of year people tend to focus on the positives more, and you know he has scored some nice-looking goals. Um, you know he's extended his lead at the top of the scoring charts. I kind of feel sorry for anyone who, who backed him pre-season um, to top score. He would have been quite a big price. So if he actually leaves the league, um, you know you got someone on a betting slip, maybe ooh, I don't know 66 to one or something. Um, you're pretty good if he if he leaves the league, wouldn't you?
1: You would, you would indeed, but that, that is one of the inherent risks, isn't it, of the um, goal scorer marketing <clears throat> in, in the Nordic leagues? I mean, you know, for anyone who hasn't listened to the previous, probably we did a talent focus on, on Oe, which you can download and still listen to. So you know, if you go to the iTunes library, subscribe, look for the Nordic Football Podcast, you can you can get get hold of that and listen to Steve's full analysis on that player. But um, yeah, obviously you you had words on him, and that's one of the reasons I like you, Steve. You do um, give your opinion, and you don't go with the flow you know you you look at it yourself and you you give it your own independent analysis and you know people out there might listen to you to your thoughts on them and not just get carried away by the goals maybe but um i suppose if i was gonna then ask you a follow-up question it would be in your opinion who has been maybe one of the worst players in the league if you had to pick the worst player in the league this season that is a
0: really good question actually because you know i don't want to really pick on someone who um you know Obviously, he perhaps would have been expected to be poor or something. Who's been the worst player in the league? Goodness me. Look, I've got to be honest, immediately a name that comes to mind uh, compared to what was expected of him is Nicholas Bentner. Um, And that's just a name. You know, he has scored goals. He has lacked service. But I think at this point in time, everyone expected him to be on, you know, a dozen goals instead of six. I think everyone expected him right now to have completely dominated the league you know, been the man. Um, so, look, he hasn't been the worst player in the league, but compared to perhaps um, what he's been, ex- has been um, expected of him. Um, one of the worst performances I saw this season that sticks to mind was a goalkeeping display from um, Christiansen's number two um, keeper, uh, Conor Manson. It was against Sarpsborg. Uh, they lost it 5 1. He was all over the shot there. I mean, he was, he's for a backup goalkeeper. Even for 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 that sort of level, he was really poor. Who else uh, has been 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 really below par? Well, I mean, goodness, uh I think for for a large part, uh, a lot of Rosenborg players were were underachieving. But I tell you who I am going to say as well. Uh, for Strump's good to say, Marcus uh, Pedersen, uh, big big time striker, big reputation. Uh, he he's only scored, I think, two two league goals. Um, one of which was uh, in recent times, um, but uh, he's been really poor uh, compared to, to to what was expected. Um, as I say, when, when, when anyone asks me that sort of question, I always tend to think more of, um, you know, comp- what what are the actual realistic expectations for a player? You know, there have been, <clears throat> yeah, go on. No,
1: no, sorry, kept I was just
0: oh yeah okay yeah it's um you know there have been some poor performance perhaps in in some of the 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 crapper teams but uh, i'm not going to highlight them out because you know they're doing the absolute best um and um you know at the end of the day this is a league where you expect a few errors um i think so um, your
1: your rocking horse line from episode two i believe was it
0: ah yeah patrick pedderson he's actually left the league now um I know quite unbelievably, uh, Viking have managed to bag forty thousand pounds for his services. Um, uh, he's gone back to Iceland to a team called Valur. I mean, I've got to say, um, we're not we're not really talking about transfers too much in this episode, are we? But uh, that's a hell of a deal for Viking, if you ask me. I think I'd be paying the other club forty thousand too just to get rid just to get rid of him, you know. Um, but um, let's just move on to the Alsvenskan, and you know I do like a good goalkeeper, John, um, and. For you personally, who this season has been the best custodian in the league? Mm, that's another tough one. Uh,
1: yeah, coming, I mean, coming from a sort of French football background at the time, uh, you know, in, in the past, I remember a time in, in League One with yourself, Steve, actually, when uh, it was a vintage time for, for French for, for that league with the, goal, the standard of goalkeeping was incredible. Some really good keepers at that time. And I think it's a similar thing in Sweden at the moment to most. I think there is a lot of good, good keepers. I mean, if, you, if you're a kind of man who likes a bit of a more mature, mature flavour, then you've got Andreas Isakson, who was obviously, uh, you know, he's played for big clubs in the past, and I think he played for Rennes. Rennes yeah. Um, yeah, of course, in France, and he's, he's 35 now, 36, but he's, he's back at your garden, uh, back in Sweden, and kind of he's been doing quite well. I think that EF Cor have a, a really fantastic young keeper, who's going to really go far, in my opinion. Uh, the young keeper, uh, what's his name again? Completely forgotten now. No, Pontus Dahlberg, that's the one. Um, yeah, I always get him and Darkfist. Uh, the, they've got a left-back called Darkfist, and I always get those two slightly mixed up. But yeah, Pontus Dahlberg, keep an eye out for this guy, anyone who's listening. I know that club's have been looking at him already, at big clubs. Um, he is a really young. You know, He reminds me of a young David De Gea. Uh, tall, sort of blonde keeper, good stature, good presence about him. Uh, not, not not sort of shy, not not um, you know retiring personality for such a young age. Willing to shout his, his defenders, uh, boss them around, makes good saves. Really, really good keeper. I, I would probably say he's the best keeper I've seen in terms of potential. Um, I really like Anton Kachetov, that young chopping. I, th- I think he's a, a keeper with high high level as well. Good quality, slightly older. Although he did play for Sweden at the under 21 European Championships. Uh, but I do think he's he's a, he's another high level keeper. Um,
0: yeah, some good. I don't good think there's anyone I've missed
1: out, but no, I think I think those three probably probably cover it. There may be one or two I've missed out, but generally speaking, those three are the ones who impressed me most so far. But yeah, um, yeah, it's been a good one. A nice little pub discussion there. I've got my and uh, I'm gonna gonna finish it off now. But thank you for uh, thank you for your time, Steve.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and. Um... Yeah, best of luck to all the uh, teams in Europe this week. And I don't know when we're going to be back next, but hopefully sooner than last time. And um, I say until uh, the next episode, I'll say goodbye, everyone. Take care and, and have a good week. See you all
2: around.